Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas, and sitting opposite me is the wonderful Dilbrook Giant Singer. Wow, very nice and clean intro. Thank you. That seems like someone who has done a lot of podcasts in a row and is burning <laughs> through his energy. Ladies and gentlemen, we do have an amazing guest that we've been trying to get on for a couple of weeks, but he is a hard man to catch down because he the host of Taboo, and people would have heard him on on radio as well. It's Harley Breeze! Thank you so much for coming. The last time I saw you was at the Logies, one of the after parties at Channel 10. We spoke for <laughs> half an hour, Harley. Yes. And the next day you said, I, do, I took a, sent you a photo of you and me. And you go, I don't remember seeing you. Do you, do you know the best part <laughs> is, before you sent that photo to me, I'd woken up and there was a whole lot of text messages from uh, friends and family. And one of them was from you saying, where's the 10 after party? Should oh, I yeah. come? And I was about to reply, I'm so sorry, mate, that I didn't reply. I hope you had a good <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> a genuine blackout. And I, 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 I don't feel too bad about it, Ben, because we, we started talking to Adam Gilchrist, former Australian cricket captain. Amazing. And, and, he, uh, and, you, and Harley goes to Adam Gilchrist going, so what do you do? What's your story? Are you, are you some kind of sportsman? And I, went, and I went, yeah, he's a netballer. He goes, great. Nice to meet you, Adam. <laughs> And also, genuinely, you had no idea. No um, idea. No yeah. still, still no idea because that uh, blackout. Yeah. <laughs> How long was the blackout for? Like, have you clocked the time on it? So I got into the after party at about oh, midnight, I guess it was. when we Because were... there was a Foxdale party first and then there's the... But I didn't yeah. go to that one. Oh, I, okay, I walked okay. straight through that one. So I remember all that. Walked yeah. into the 10, ten one. Yeah. Uh, then there was just a, a lineup of espresso martinis. And I was like, oh, poor man's cocaine. I'll have that. <laughs> and then from there to me on my balcony at my hotel room. I, uh, I've just got Oh, no, really? Yeah. Wow. And inclu- like Sandra Sully put up a picture of us on the photo wall at that party. No memory. Wow. And if my. you zoom in on that photo, you can see in my eyes there is no, no memory. <laughs> <laughs> Is this espresso martinis? It, it does, that does it because you're because you're firing on all cylinders, but you do not remember it. No, yeah. no, it's like being drunk on vodka Red Bull. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just yeah. less punchy. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're yeah. a little bit crazy. Yeah. Well, this is going to be an interesting app for me and Ben because we have broad topics that we try and um, usually zero in on each episode. We have like all of them with you. We have. I, I want to chat to you about uh, when I first met you. A bit, bit of a bigger unit, and yep. now you're quite trim and you're handling it. You know, pr- uh, really quite well. Some, kept quite, quite, quite some time. Yep. There's boozing that we've obviously yes, kicked off weed, into. Weed, which there's I want to touch weed. on. Lots of weed. <laughs> Parenting. Yep. Oh, uh, you yeah. have your own podcast. Just about. <laughs> To be honest, I have the utmost respect for. Yeah. And, and mental health. Like, that's the other one that you and I, I know you're someone I'm very grateful for that I can call you whenever I do need that mate to just kind of chat, you know, just just talk. And then eventually we end, like have had chats where we've gotten very heavy and deep. Yes. And, and, and and the last time I had one of those chats with <laughs> <laughs> Talking about some pretty stuff that I'm like really struggling it with. It was heavy. It was heavy. It was on the back of um, the terror attacks in Sri Lanka. Right. Yes. So was that was it. Heavy subject yeah. matter. Uh, and Dillard just helped me. Uh, you were one of my writers on one of the episodes yeah. uh, of Taboo. And uh, so we were already, you know, in fairly regular contact. Right. And I'd just <laughs> send a message out saying, you yeah. know, man, that's a big deal. Are you all right? Yeah. yeah. Gives me a call. 
and we're chatting. But the best thing is the entire, like, what, 20 minutes of it was just, was it sound bedded yeah. <laughs> with your son, your two-year-old with a, a slide whistle? Yeah. <laughs> so, In the background. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, man, yeah, like I'm worried my mom, you know, because she's Muslim, she can't even go to a family home. <laughs> It reminds me of an open mind comic. And I said to him, the reason my son's got that is because I had found it in a cupboard and I was just waiting for a moment to use it on Dill in this this really intense... Anyway, we finished the conversation and it gets to the end and Dill said, you know, thanks very much. Like, it's actually been really helpful. Yeah. Um, And I said, well, just just so you know, like, I'm I'm obviously, I'm not a mental health professional, but you can always... I was trying my best to try and find one for this podcast just to bring it out. I love it that you had the balls to find that and give that to your child because I assume it's still going. So, Ben, where do we start? We do have a lot to unpack. Uh, There is a lot to unpack because it's. I love it that you chat because I I always always think about Harley the first time I I probably met with you or the one thing that really uh, shined for me, which actually put me in a good light being in comedy, is there was many, many comedy festivals ago I was working with my partner and and she was with me before I became a comedian. And so that's always been a bit challenging because, you know, she was with me before and now, you know, it's night work and stuff. And I remember, you know, t- comedy can be quite stressful. And there was this one festival where Maya was out and about. This was before kids. And we bump into Harley. And you were just either in a really good mood, uh, but you were just come up and you gave me a big hug. I introduced her. Hey, this is Harley. Uh, and she's like, oh, great. And I was like, hey, how are you going? And Harley goes, oh, you know how I'm going? I'm going fucking awesome. It's comedy festival. People coming to my show. I'm telling how to feel. This is what I do for a living. And then just did a twirl and walked off. Right? <laughs> what? Yeah. I just remember this, and Maya goes, Before the world broke me. <laughs> I, want to, I want to talk about that because when you walk away, I was in shock, and Maya goes, you should be more like him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bring Maya around now. <laughs> Go to the shed. <laughs> Go into the shed that I sit in the corner and cry at night. <laughs> Breakfast radio, oh, <laughs> hell. but it's oh, like it's man. like because then because that was before that period because then uh, and you broke up with your your your, your wife at the time yes. like yep. soon afterwards and then you know through, there's so much has been happened between now and then be yep. radio uh, you know you've had another child you got another one on the way so you're gonna be a dad of three which That's blows right. my fucking yep. mind away because yep. yeah two is one thing but then three across two families I yep. have the utmost respect for it's you. actually like I'm mental yeah. it's actually like I have some sort of <laughs> chemical imbalance in my head. You know, like I'm not right. People keep saying, I had a mate recently saying, you've had some really hard shit to get over in your life in the, you know, in, in recent times. I'm like, it's all my own fucking doing. I'm the architect of my own misery. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, no, none of the things that have happened to me is anybody else's fault but my own. I've made the choices that have got me into the situation. Yeah. And by the way, I'm not including the architect of my own misery, my children. Like, I... <laughs> Yeah. I, I love uh, both my children and the third one I assume I will or we'll, we'll kick it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, the third one I assume that we always say that our second is it just is is just thriving on neglect. Yeah. I can't yeah. imagine what the third one's going to be. Well, but I'm in, a, I'm in a unique situation where I'm about to become a, a father of three, but I'm also in a weird way about to become a father of two for the first time. So to yeah. give yeah. that context, yeah. I have my eldest child's 
uh, 50% of the time. Yep. So for 50% of the time, I, I have two kids and, and there's a massive gap. Yep. And he, he and he I, turns... sh- uh, I always like his age because that's exactly around when I started comedy. So he's, oh, yeah, right. his age is my comedy age. Great. Yeah, so he, he turns nine, uh, nine. From, from the point of recording uh, in uh, about four or five days. And then I've got a two-year-old uh, with two and a half and then I'll, I'll have an infant in October. So... I've never actually been um, in a proper sense a father of two. Yep, understood. Like, you know, in terms of dealing dealing with all of it on a day to day basis and and a close age gap as well. And that's the exact same age gap as mine. Right. So it's yeah. it's two and a half, which yes. is a great one. But then it's also a fucking shit fight to juggle. Yes. Especially when um, not only am I a touring comic, it's, it's still my primary source of income is getting out. I've got to leave home and and get on planes. Um, it, we have no support network. In, yeah, in Melbourne. this is what... Because so she's originally from Brisbane? No, she's from Sunshine Coast. Right. Um, and so that's where her family, her tribe are, and my family, my tribe are all up in Queensland as well. So we have each other. Mm. That's it. That's it, right. Yeah. That, that's that's in my, like I have two sets of parents and, and one set of parents. Uh, sometimes we can lie on them, but my mum has uh, like some severe health issues. So yeah. sometimes she can help, sometimes she can't. But then we have the other set of parents who are quite helpful and then we've got our neighbours. Now, Amazing. Like, and even then, I feel stretched at that point. Yeah, we have each other. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's just put so much pressure mm. on one another, yes. especially because when you go, it's just like it all falls to her. And then it's, yes. that, and it's that thing where it's, you know, I hate the term solo parenting, but that is what it is. That's solo parenting. And, and there's sometimes, and I'm trying to minimise this as much as possible, but there's sometimes where she's also got my kid from a previous marriage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great one to get through the keeper. Hey, hey, do you mind? I've got to go. Um, my ex-wife's just going to drop my kid over. If you could just take care of now, obviously that's bullshit and that's too so, much. So, yeah. tell, tell, so oh. how, how, do you make it work? How do you make it work? What do you think you do well? That, that what, 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 what are the things that you think are in place with this current situation with your partner that lets you, lets it continue? Well, we are making it work because yeah. that's just life and you make it work. Right. And so there's a bit of it that is just um, blind um, optimism. You're just like, well, this is – it's the next thing. You just do the next thing. And and um, that's not a sustainable attitude um, to <laughs> home life, to parenting, to business, to anything. But that is very much how I approach uh, my career and my relationships is just like, what's next? Uh, and I'll yep. solve that. So – um, we need to overhaul that a little bit. Um, do, do you have a, like a reward system that if you know there's going to be a heavy period, you're going to be away, you come back, that you've got like a four-day holiday? This is what we're trying to do or that you've got a light at the end of the tunnel to go, hey, but there's that four-day, five-day, two-week holiday that you're getting to. We, we don't even do that very well. We don't holiday <laughs> very well. But recently I, um, we were talking before we, we, we turned the mics on, um, I went away to a gig with uh, David Quirk in uh, Myrtleford and so I said to Hannah, do you want to come uh, and bring Walt and how about we go the day earlier? So mm. that was like a, a mini jammed yep. in holiday. We yeah. just yep. jammed in some time. Tax deductible as well. Yeah, <laughs> if I kept receipts. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it. Hashtag ATO back uh, yeah. off. Um, so uh, I need to do that better as well and both of us need to you, because it, 
I don't like the idea of planning um, romance. I don't like the idea of planning dates, planning holidays, because I think it takes the fun out of it. I like spontaneity and went, why don't we go and do this? But in this kind of a job and certainly the kind of schedule I've had in the last couple of years and factoring in kids on top of that, if you don't plan romance, if you don't – and that includes sex. Yeah, oh yeah. If you don't plan these things – you, you get six, seven months down the track and like, I don't know when the last time it was that I looked into your eyes. Right. Like, when, yeah. when, when we just – and the most important thing in my life anyway is my partner, Hannah, and my kids and everything else is such a distant second. Right. I think when we had Peter Helly on, it was one of the things that he uh, struck a chord with me, him saying that if he was to continue this career that he has where he's writing books and doing TV, he has to let go of something. And he realized if he was going to choose to have a drink, it had to be with his partner because yes. he can't he can't afford to have a piss up with his mates once right. a week. It's like, no, this is my time with her to connect with her. So if I do want that boozy night, it's gonna, it'll have to be with her. And it's great. You know what I mean? You just start to realize <laughs> your priorities start getting aligned a bit better going, no, 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 this is the person I need to prioritize, well, yeah. not not my mate from high school. And we, and we, it's funny you say because we've taken that step further. So now we don't have a shared calendar, which I wish we did, but we have a wall calendar. So That's on that wall calendar, yeah, yeah. okay, great. Yeah. So then on the wall calendar, it's uh, it's what gigs I do, you know, is it two a night, where I'm going to be away. But then every month uh, I got a present from my partner, which was uh, 12 date nights. So she just wrote them, put them all in an envelope, and she goes, at the start of every month, you pick one out, you read it, and we put it on the board, and that night is booked. I don't care what comes in, just goes in there, and my God, is it paying off. Because why didn't we do this years ago? Because, you know, you can book all around it, but that is sacred. That's our date night. That's where we have a babysitter. That's where we have... You know, a nice restaurant, and sometimes it'll be like. Sometimes we're fuck. We cannot be bothered. We are exhausted. Should send the council like, no, no, no. We're gonna get nice. We're gonna get doled up. And every time right. we do it, it's fucking worth it. Like, yeah. And we're mixing it up with like, you know, a day date or a night date. I'm looking yeah. for the sex date. I know it's in there. I just every time I want to pick it out. <laughs> I know there's only. Is there one. a cord word on the shared calendar? Your <laughs> kids can. <laughs> well, no. It's so funny because we add to it. So it's it like sometimes my eyes like, oh, if, if we free. I'll just take the wall calendar. She's like, I fucking hate the. <laughs> well, see, we've got a wall calendar. We've got one in the kitchen and one in the toilet, and they're a really great idea if you read them. Yes, right. yes, 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 yes. So the only time I would read the wall calendar is when I'm taking a shit because mm. it's right there in front of me. But, of course, I've got my phone in my hand because there's all sorts of important things yeah. to do on my phone when yeah. I'm doing poo. And so... <laughs> I, I will const- and I and I know it's a frustration to Hannah where I'm like, oh hey, I'm going to this thing. She goes, it's been on the wall calendar for a month that we're doing this other thing, yeah. you know, some sort of social event. I'm like, oh, can't come, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Which is no good, but I, it's it's a, again, it's a dysfunction of mine. I, I kind of, I'm not a very good forward planner. I'm a, yeah. In fact, I'm a horrible forward planner. So. I want to get to that because you said at the start a few minutes ago that you are the, what was it, the architect of your own misery, misery and stuff yeah. like that. Is that an awareness that you've always had or yeah. is that something that's, you know, you, you sort of kicked in like 10 years ago? You know what I mean? Like, because there's a, there's a part of me that was pushing away all responsibility for the fuck ups in my life, whether yeah. it was my over drinking or overeating. Yeah. And, and the thing, the changes started to happen once I went, no, 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 this is you. You yeah. are in charge of this. Like, yeah, it's a bit harder for you than for most people, whatever, but that doesn't, you know, eliminate the fact that you're, you can be in charge. So for me, it took time to acknowledge that I 
can be responsible. Yes. Because responsibility and, and blame is two different things. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can take responsibility for being fat, but I don't have to feel like I'm victim and I need to be shamed of this. And guilt does nothing. Right. Guilt, oh. guilt does nothing for you. And add resentment to that as well. Yeah, and all of that. So I, I take responsibility. Um, I'm, I, I need to get better at um, getting rid of the blame of myself. Yeah. We had a financial situation recently uh, that is absolutely my fault. Um, I again, I just went. Oh, I'll solve that uh, when when we do our tax. That'll be mm. and then then we did our tax. It's like, oh fuck, I can't solve that. Right. That's yeah. a massive bill. Like that's <laughs> like we got a bill that was five times our bank account, and I just went, well, I, that, that money's gone because you know I had a massive yeah. year on Breakfast Radio, earned heaps of money, yeah, and then left Breakfast Radio, then didn't earn. I, I went back to even below what I was earning prior to that, right. but then spent the money. The same way. The yeah. same yeah, way yeah, yeah. and just spent it all. And then they sent the GST bill through. I'm like, no, no, I fucking bought shit to cover my own misery with, right. with that. <laughs> like I was trying to buy my sadness away yeah. with uh, with things. Through use, a car. The word, <laughs> use the word solve, which I've noticed, uh, and you might have some insight into this. It seems to be sort of the problem that a lot of men have. It's just, well, let, we'll fix it. Let's yes. fix it. Yes. Don't, you know, leave it to me. I'll get this shit done. And yep. when that moment hits you where you're, fuck, maybe I can't, it is this sense of identity going, fuck, I'm the fix-it guy. I'm the guy that people come to for solutions. Yeah. And I don't have it. And when you can't fix it, yeah, yeah absolutely. You it, you oh, outsource I, it to your partner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel completely emasculated <laughs> right. if I can't fix a problem. Yeah, right. And and, and th- this will be this is a, a dysfunction within our own relationship is that there will be multiple times where Hannah just wants to connect with me and talk about things, talk about issues, whatever, and I'm listening to it in a problem solving way. Right. I'm like, okay, yep. so what, what's the problem? How do we fix this? Yeah. And and what she's saying is, no, no, I just want you to hear me. Right. Oh, and that is, and it is, it is so much harder yes. than, it, than it sounds. Like you go, yeah, I am listening to you, but you're not. You're trying to fix it. Yeah, you, your head's working. From, you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. can, 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 and there's part, partly, um, there's there's two sides to that. Partly, well, if there's a problem, let me fucking fix it. You know, yeah. if, if you're going to raise a problem, then uh, then then let me find a yeah, solution. Yeah, there's to almost it. a thing like don't just bring up shit if you're not going to figure yeah. out how to work totally. on it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, but but the figuring how to solve the problem comes after the listening. Yeah, not at the same time. Right. And you just hear the problem and understanding the what they're feeling because yes. that's the thing. Is that, that's sorry. I think sometimes that's the issue. Maya is like, yeah, I know there's a problem. I just need you to understand how I feel about that. Then we fix it. That's is right. Because I was going to ask, is there a limit to how long you listen? Because after a certain point, you're like, well, we're going through the same thing now. You know well, what I mean? Like after well, halfway point, through, I just put my headphones. In. <laughs> You just then open them. <laughs> we have our I own mean, marital problems, me and Ben. All right, let's not get fair, into that. I've stopped listening to you guys. Just, uh, <laughs> just waiting for pauses and I say something and hope it's on brand. <laughs> but also on that, right, like it's because you're, you're in a, uh, a relationship is a partnership. If you look at it as a business, well, if you had a business partner, one person doesn't solve the problem. The, the yep. business partners solve it together. Mm. It's not the man's You're job both to solve shareholders. the problem. That's right. We yeah. are. And so then, therefore, then you listen and then you solve the problem together. Yeah. I don't just go, well, I'll go and fix it. And that's what I was doing. I was just in my own head solving problems in yes. my head, not communicating that. 
not even writing it down, just trying to figure out how I solve that problem. And if they're too big, I just kind of try and make them not exist in my head yeah. so I can get on with the other things that I have to do. Uh, right, what would putting be re- the immediate fires first. Yes. Because they're yeah. like, oh, fuck, but I'll yeah. deal with that. What would time. be really handy is like with a shareholders agreement, there's also an, an appendices where it's uh, variables and one is uh, a, you know dispute resolution. And I sometimes think in a relationship, I wish we had a good way to – you know, resolve our disputes because then we'd actually be able to fix the problem. Because half the time when you're arguing, you actually don't fix anything. You're not listening and then you both go to bed angry and yes. then nothing is achieved. That's right. Like the one that I keep bringing home with us is if we have issues and if we have problems, after 9.30, nothing is going to be solved. Yes. No, it's not. Nothing. It's the wrong time to it's try It's the and wrong time. Problems. You yeah. have to do it before that. Like I go, man, it is 9.30. We are done. Nothing's going to be solved. I don't want to go to bed angry. If anything, I'd like to go to bed having sex, but I know that's not going to happen. What, so, uh, and I'm being sincere here, uh, what's the thinking behind 9.30? Why that time? It's just like because you're, you're sort of preparing to go to bed. Like, right. I mean, yeah. a lot of Dinner's done. Houses, dinner's over. Yeah, kids we are asleep. Right, kids. But right, okay, you just okay. don't, like going to bed angry is just it, it, It's one of the first um, marital advice things I, I ever heard Even when I was very young. I've, I've already had one marriage um, and it was don't go to sleep angry. And in that marriage, I didn't sleep for 10 years. So I went, <laughs> Fuck, I was tired. <laughs> well, they said don't go to sleep angry. <laughs> Another bag of Coke it is. <laughs> that shed's looking pretty warm. <laughs> How how do you that brings us to that I guess how do you balance uh, the ability to perform uh, and, and and enjoy yourself in terms of substances as well like in terms of uh, marijuana and beer and because you love your beer you do have a podcast called uh, that's a drink talking that's the drink talking which, which is you did a lot la- launching some- uh, next week uh, right four years after I did a live show season of it yeah, one of my last yeah. I, it was one of the because I had a very strict rule about never performing drunk. But that was the first, one of the few times I was allowed to be drunk yeah. and perform. And I got to live out a dream that I didn't even realize was a dream, which was to sing with Elbow Skin uh, their yeah, song, Beer Song. Beer song. Yeah. I got to be on stage and sing with them. And it was so incredible. I think it's one of my favorite seasons of anything I've ever done in my career. It was right. fun. I remember going on one app and I just loved it. I think that was my first proper introduction to, gee, craft beer is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we did it. I think our biggest audience was maybe 30 people. I yeah. did it at eleven thirty at yeah. night, and and I had a lot of fun. Um, how do I drink and do all of this stuff? Uh, I'll be uh, honest. I, I think that my drinking quite often um, is a problem for my career, my parenting, and my relationship. I don't think weed has right. weed has never been. I've been um, consuming uh, weed in different forms, um, cannabis uh, since nineteen ninety four. Um, how old are you then? Ninety four. Fourteen. Jeez, oh, that's right. country, country Queensland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Bundaberg, Bundaberg. Yeah, and I, it is. It is never. I mean, I, I would allow other people in my life to give an opinion on this, but from my point of view, it's never been a drug of dependence. Okay. Um, I've, I've never been scratchy needing to get some weed. I've certainly been chasing weed because it's a hard thing to <laughs> yeah. buy because it's yeah. still fucking illegal and it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, I recently, for the first time in my life, went to a dispensary in, in America and uh, partly was the best and I had a great experience, but I actually got really angry. <laughs> Why? Because because we're treated like children in this country. Yep. Right. Why can't I just walk into a shop like I do with alcohol, which is the most destructive drug in our community. Right. It rips families apart. Um, it's the number one cause of domestic violence. Uh, it's it's a major cause of suicide, of road fatalities. Of you know, the list is is endless. On. And there are shop after shop after shop of this legal drug. 
Whereas um, this is a quote from a, an American ex-police officer. He said, I've never been called out to a domestic dispute because of cannabis use. So what's the history there then? Where did cannabis get such a bad rap? What's it, what's so you, you, you love a, you know obviously you like you you love it enough to know a lot I know about, a fair it, bit about, about it. it. So um, what do you what do you think is the reason why we stigmatize it so much? So there's a there's a lot of contributing factors in the propaganda around um, cannabis and the reason I keep calling it cannabis is marijuana is a made up word. Yep. Um it was made up by uh, the FBI uh, in an effort to make it sound more Mexican. Um, really? Yeah. So that they they could uh, lock up, vilify uh, Mexicans and African-Americans. Um, so I do my best to always refer to it as cannabis. So there's that factor in it. Um, and then there's also um, capitalism economy f- factor in it. And that is cotton and nylon. So the, the, the cotton industry and the nylon industry, and nylon is oil, so it's big oil. Okay. Um, wanted to stamp out the hemp industry and up until that point, so roughly, and I'm not getting all the details right, but about 1920s, um, the Western world was still a hemp-based economy. So there was hemp was one of the major industries providing um, all manner of things from uh, grain uh, that you can eat to rope to... um, uh, clothing, clothing. To right. Have you told me? You told me about bricks. You can build houses with some hemp. So yeah, you, you can. Um, you, you take the the center of the husk out of uh, hemp, uh, and t- that that can then be uh, combined with um, sand, lime, water, and you create hempcrete, mm. uh, which is really a, a, an amazing product. That's really a, good insulation. Very very good insulator. It breathes. Um, right. Here's a fun fact: uh, an un maintained timber house will last for about a hundred years and unmaintained hempcrete house will last for about a thousand years yep. right because it it gets harder and harder and harder over time it's basically um, so becomes stone right and, right and it breathes it's almost like so yeah. it doesn't have mold inside it's healthier it's amazing look the amazing thing, thing is Harley told this all to me at the logies after party while <laughs> 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 well, smoking a big roof up. Um, and no so, but yeah so so then the propaganda started in America around that time and it, it's 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 based in racism um, and capitalism that's the reason for it there is there's there are there are certain issues around um uh, cannabis and the the way that it's been changed over time to have higher levels of THC than CBD, which are the two um, main ingredients. And yep. and the reason I'm saying that is there there are issues around mental health that um, I used to say that was all bullshit and it's made up. But there are issues around people who have a predisposition to say Psych- psychosis. Yeah. Um, if they're consuming uh, a cannabis product that has a, a super high level of THC, mm. then then it can be problematic. So therefore, legalise it, regulate it and allow the consumer to make a choice when they right. walk into a shop and say, hey, I may have some mental health concerns um, around these sorts of issues, can you provide me something that has a higher level of CBD, which is right. the anti-anxiety properties and all of that? Um, whereas in Australia, the situation we have is, hey, do you have any weed? Yep, yeah. cool. It's a roll of the dice. That's and, it. Yeah. And that's where like I stem from is that's why the Netherlands have just been the forefront of being able to do that. Like that they 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 decriminalised it so many years ago that now the issue with regards, because the big one I always annoy, and it is for many people, it's like it's a gateway drug. It's a gateway drug. It's a gateway Alcohol drug. Alcohol is a gateway drug. Exactly. And so that's never used either. Like it's like, if yeah. you say that's a gateway, what about alcohol? What about those Volker cruises that 14-year-olds are doing it mm. at a football club? How is that not the same? 
same. Yes. And that's what people people ever go, oh, you're from the Netherlands. You must be high all the time. I was like, you know what? More of my Australian friends smoke weed than any of my Dutch yep. friends. And the reason right. being is you can go in at the age of 16, and a lot of them go even younger, and go in and buy a little bit of weed. They try it. Some of them like it. Uh, they get given the advice, start with something a bit. Is that, you know, is that similar to like with French and drinking? Like they talk about the French, they introduce drinking wine at a very young age so that you don't get too many like maggoted whereas in australia it's like as soon as you turn 18 your 18th bar- there, because you're doing it in secret yeah as yeah. well and so because he was like like my one of my best friends just tells it goes yeah i remember how smoking a joint at 14 i kind of liked it i didn't and then i went back and i was like oh it didn't make me feel good and the guy goes well maybe it's not for you bang That's what i say to everybody oh, i get paranoid when i'm on weed now the reason you're getting paranoid when you're on weed is again back to the point i was making it's because you can't make an informed choice as a consumer, so you're buying stuff that's probably yep. not suited to you. Right. But also, if you're getting paranoid on weed, stop fucking consuming it. Yeah. Is this, is this it. a compliment or is this a, uh, uh, an insult? I'm not sure, but we're talking about uh, doing mushroom, magic mushrooms a couple of uh, last last Saturday, and I said they were saying that you need to do it with people that you, you feel comfortable around, yes. especially yeah. if it's first time. And I was like, I'd probably do it in front of Harley. So I don't know. Is that, is that a, a compliment? compliment. Yeah. Because I feel like not only that you'd know exactly what I'm what might be happening, but also I feel like no, 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 you've got my back. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, like yeah, yeah. that's. So it. I'll give you a classic example. So one of my best friends in Holland, when I was twenty-one, we went over there, right? And he was that thing where he's like, "I want to go to this famous Dutch theme park where I want to feel like I'm eight again." Now back then you could buy mushrooms. So what is is we walk into a store and go, "Hi, we'd like to have a psychedelic experience at the theme park." We, we, we go, we don't want to feel scared. We want to feel this, feel this. He closes the store, sits down with us, gets two A4 sheets of paper and then tells us what to take, how much, when to do See? it. See, like you it, need that. You need that. And it was amazing. He goes, also, if you are both going to do it, you need one friend to come and be sober to make sure that everything's okay. And everything goes wrong, you drink this concoction with orange juice and it'll bring you back to zero. I have never been more comfortable, and it was yeah. the first time I ever did it, that it was just that thing where it's like he close, he took the time. He goes, I want you to experience because I believe in this. I believe in the third eye that you'll experience a whole new moment. Yeah. And I, I remember that day. I was 21. It is one of the funnest days I ever because I shared it with a mate and we had someone who was looking after us and we both trust them. Mm. Well, well, right now in this country, we're, we're finally we're getting back to the idea that psychedelics can be um, prescribed to help with mental illness. Yeah. So microdosing things like uh, mushrooms or LSD can actually benefit people um, with mental health concerns. Right. And, and we should have been doing it the whole time. And what we've had is this horrible era, a uh, hundred years of prohibition and these wowsers and, and lawmakers and idiots who think that that's going to solve a problem. And it isn't. If you can't get drugs out of prison, there's drugs rife through prison. How the fuck do you think you're going to get drugs out of society? Right. And yeah. what you've done is... When I was a teenager, um, you know, 20, 25 years ago, um, we were smoking weed and getting light beers because that's all we could get our hands on. Teenagers now are getting ice. Yeah. If you put, if you put, or this, I say this all the time. If you just legalize the lot of it, and you put all the different drugs that you can possibly have in front of a person, and give them someone like you were just talking about Lomas that talks them through what's going to happen, no one's choosing ice. Yeah. No one's fucking going. Yeah, well, I have that one that's going to make me rip my flesh off and and punch my mate in the face. And yeah, you it's know, a good way to lose weight, though. Fucking great way to get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> you get fuck all done on weight. Yeah. I can tell you that. <laughs>
Yeah, I know what you mean. So it's like you once you know the horrors behind the full story, you're less like yeah. Let give people the make informed choices. Yeah, and 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 that, and that's something that we just have not done in this country at all. And it's just really frustrating. And then when you see Europe really push it through, in Netherlands in particular, like yeah. you know, even then with the referendum here, and I was like, I just look back. It, my mum in particular, she have moments where she goes, "I love living in this country, but fuck me, dead." Like we had all these, we had all these discussions. We went through this thirty years ago. Right? Yeah. How backwards can you? How backwards, yeah, and 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 we've 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 had quite a lot of uh, my entire um, uh, voting life. Uh, we've had conservative governments in Australia, uh, and conservative government uh, in Australia, certainly the Liberal Party, they're meant to be small government. That's what they're into not not making choices uh, for society for the individual, um, letting capitalism take its shape. let capitalism t- take its form. So then, let everything in then. Stop telling me what I can and can't consume. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a grown adult that's uh, able to make decisions for myself. Uh, stop uh, mandating what product is allowed to go into my body. And yeah, and but then also to do it on home soil. And then now you've got teenagers who can just go online and buy synthetic drugs. Who right. knows wh- wherever how the fuck they get made? Yeah, it's like well, why are you just banging on about that and fixing that problem yeah. while then trying to chastise yeah. us for actually making informed decisions? Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we got into the drug chat because you said that you feel that with mar- uh, with cannabis that you don't necessarily it hasn't disserviced you as like alcohol may have. Or oh, it has. definitely hasn't. So no. how how does that take shape for you? Have you started to go? Do I need to cut back? Do I need to? Well, I've what's also, your relationship? Like, is with ounce a now? day too much? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not marijuana. So we'll put, let's put let's put weed well, and I'll drugs just, on the side. I'll talk to, to cannabis just uh, briefly. I I don't know why, but I've um. I've uh, always microdosed it. I've I've never been, other than a couple of moments uh, in my younger years, because it was just fun doing bucket bongs and and <laughs> and cones, and, and that's great. <laughs> and you're doing that because it's the weekend and you're partying with mates. Normally, I have what I always call a, a marijuana cigarette, a jazz cigarette. It's a it's a dusting of weed on the it's top. A bit of, of wacky tobacco. tobacco. Yeah, yeah. And and I and and I do it to a point where I can still function. Right. That I'm out and about, but yeah. with with beer. It's one, two, geez, I've got my thirst on, three, four, I've had a great time. I can bang, bang, more, 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 more. Um, my superpower is that even when I'm very drunk, I have the ability to get myself home. Yeah, this there was a story. Yeah. Oh, keep going. Yeah, Because I had this blackout. You were there. I was yeah. having a great time. But I do have this memory. I looked at my watch and it was 3.30 um, and I just went, nah. And I and I know I pulled the pin at that point and I remember leaving the party and getting into the elevator and then I've got to, I don't know how the fuck I got back to the hotel but I got there. Yeah. Um, Do you remember the story from three, five years ago? It's probably when you first started seeing your current partner, Hannah. Yes. uh, After the last day of the comedy festival. Yes. That was so, on on that day I took MDMA for the first time. Uh, And and here's my problem with that, right? Now, again, I, I made somewhat of an informed choice. Um, I, but I was already drunk. So Mm. I I was, I was, um, um, inhibited to make a proper informed choice. And also the guy who gave it to me wasn't necessarily, um, a a professional in drug trade (laughs) and he hadn't made the drugs. So he doesn't know what's in it. Mm. He just called it MDMA. I was like, okay, it's, it's MDMA. So I searched what that is, what it does. It makes you feel euphoric, maybe lasts for about six to eight hours. Giddy up. That sounds fun said that one, and I do this on stage, it said that one tablet will last an average adult about six to eight hours. I'm like, well, I'm 100 kilos. I'll take two and a half at the same time. <laughs> 
That's, 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 what, I, that's what I... Informed decision. Not here to no, fuck no, no. around. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but this is exactly... The recent deaths we've had at music festivals, right. it's exactly what's happening with, with young people making dumb decisions. They're like, these aren't strong enough. I'll do two or three at the same time. Yep. And then they're going into cardiac arrest and dying. And I really was very close to dying that um, that night because I had a blackout. I just left everyone because my superpower kicked in and just went, you, you, you're too messy, get home. Right. And so I have this ability to get home. Someone had to help me get into a cab, but I got home and then I fell at my front door and broke my arm. Yeah. Um, and luckily my arm, not my face. But also yeah. didn't you break your arm and didn't know it for a while? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I'm be that, that's much more about being a dumb man. Than yeah, a, yeah, yeah. yeah this all fix itself. I woke up. Yeah, in the morning yeah, and I went, yeah, yeah. Oh, my arm's not working right. Okay, that's life now. Yeah. And eight weeks. I went with a broken arm for eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah. Hey, like, surely you didn't have children. I know yeah, you would have. Yeah. I had my big kid. Yeah, but but see, and that was the problem um, in in those days when I was single is that I was a half time dad. Yeah. So for half of the time, I had to be sober and attentive uh, and, you know, healthy Emotionally dinners, aware. Emotionally aware. The other half of the time, it's like I, I could go really hard and, and, and I'd give myself a day buffer for when yeah. my kid was going to come back. It's like, cool, I've got like four days here. I'll go fucking oh, really hard I on the first I cannot imagine day. what that would be like. <laughs> it's funny. Like even my old man who's been happily married for 45 years, he said to me at one point, he goes, you know what, it's not a bad system you got. <laughs> <laughs> half on, half on. Yeah, yeah so I could go harder. And uh, look, for many different reasons, I didn't go to the doctors, partly because I was on the road. Like I was yeah. back touring and I was flat out. And then like after eight weeks, I'm like, this should have been better by now. I thought I'd just bruised yeah. it mm. and uh, found a uh, hairline fracture on the top of the humerus. <laughs> I'm a comedian. Humerus. humerus. <laughs> <laughs> just using gear. <laughs> That's uh, that's insane. But then, like, I like the idea that yeah, there was that period because you know when you like to go into excess, and like I used to be like that as well. Like, if I knew that now, there was a period even then with having kids. I knew that on Friday the kids would go to childcare, so if I had a gig on Thursday night, I knew that I could just go absolutely gun ho, yeah, just smash it. Even rock to bed at three o'clock in the morning, and all I had to do was get through those one and a half hours before I dropped them off childcare. Easy, and, and then I'm done. And yeah, it was, right. And that was, but then I like I realized now I was like I just. I couldn't do it. Like I was actually not present. Like there was a moment where I actually yeah. looked aside and went, oh, "He's the guy who shouldn't be driving." <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I've had that. Uh, um, I'm much better at it now. Certainly, uh, much better since I became a parent. But mm. you know, you have a massive knot on the beers, and I, I can put twenty yep. to twenty-five standard drinks away. And still just – because I've always referred to myself as an old man drunk. I've never uh, – with the exception of a couple of things, I've never done anything controversial. I've never assaulted anybody physically or sexually. I sit at tables. My favourite place to drink are old man pubs. Right. I sit at the bar and you just keep going until your legs aren't quite working and then you get home. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to travel from A to B. You don't have to – But then you forget. right? So you go home. You're like, I've got a big day tomorrow. I better go home. I can see you later. And you go to bed for maybe four or five hours hours and get up and drive. It's like, no, you're not clear of alcohol. <laughs> like sleep isn't this magic elixir that takes the 24 standard drinks that you just put into your yeah. body away. <laughs> there's, there's, this, there's this place where uh, sometimes they set up a booze bus uh, between Brunswick Road and Park Street in Brunswick, right? Just and write that down. The- <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I remember once I was like, I was riding there and I was like, oh, wow, this is this sneaky spot. I was like, nine o'clock in the morning on a Thursday, it's not good. But it is so great because you can see those ranks. I once see one guy just turn the corner. He just turns the corner and you just see him just put on the brakes and then just lets go of the steering wheel and just puts his hand in <laughs> He's here just going, oh, no. Hey, it's not a good sign to <laughs> yeah. the cops. Yeah. You do that, is it? No, no. Just no. get out, lock the door, sit on the yeah. gutter. Yeah. Well, I, had my, I had my auntie do that once. She, she, she said she was well over the limit and then she drove in and the, and, um, the booze horse was there and so she just parked the car. Lock the car and just run away. <laughs> ben Cousin style. Yeah. Then- hey, look, on that note too, and, and back onto the subject of cannabis, at the moment the police have the right to test you for oh, cannabis yeah. in your body um, and they will say that you, you're under the influence of uh, of a substance that you can't drive for. Now, forget the fact that you can absolutely drive stoned um, to a certain limit. Uh, it, it, it's not a problem, but anyway, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who debate that. However, cannabis will stay in your, your saliva um, just they do a swab mm. inside there for like six days to weeks. Yeah. Mm. So how the fuck? Uh, you I had a friend lost his yeah. license recently because he, you know, he had had joints the night before. He got up in the morning and was off to walk his dog at a dog park, mm. and they detected uh, cannabis in his system. Lost his license. Was he wearing yeah. a Bob Marley t-shirt? <laughs> yeah, he had dreadlocks. <laughs> he had a dead hitchhiker in the back. That was probably it. <laughs> Yeah, no, but yeah, like it, it, it is. Shit. It, but have you heard the hack? The hack that I've been like that people have been saying that. Uh, mm. So a lot of uh, should we be telling people? Well, it's just interesting because <laughs> I reckon. Are you legally implicating it, yourself? No, 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 not at all. But like that, uh, I was reading somewhere that you know, if you if you are under influence or you still think you have THC in your system, that how to uh, get rid of the or make the test faulty is to throw up because there's all this acid in oh, your mouth, yeah, right, right, and then it uh, distorts the reading. But all I can think about was when I read that. I I was like, what's that like? You pull up to a drug and booze test yeah. and you open the door and just start hucking up. You- yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm bulimic, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it just blows my mind away. So, yeah. So with booze, you are uh, you sort of say, okay, this can be a bit of a problem. Do you put, give yourself some controls? Uh, do you go, okay, this is a quiet period of work so I can cut so, loose? Or Yeah, so I have time off. Um, I, st- I still think I need to be better uh, at how much I consume um, on the day-to-day basis when I'm not having time off. But, for instance, this year uh, we're at July. I've already had five weeks of no booze. So yeah. all of January I didn't drink. Right. Um, and then uh, I had a week. I think it was a week leading up to the Logies, actually. it's probably why I had such a blackout because I wasn't game fit. Yeah. Um, but I – so I had a week off leading up to that. Um, and there's varying different reasons that I'll have time off. Um Mainly, it's to prove to myself that I'm not an alcoholic, which I think is also a bit of an alarm bell. If you've got to, <laughs> oh, totally, you know, you've got to put in these things of I'm not an alcoholic. Look, I can stop for a week. And you're, you're counting down the time. Hurry up! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, partly, it's mental health. Uh, mm. You know, alcohol can be uh, put a pretty yeah. big cloud uh, in your head. Uh, physical health, uh, be present with my family, all sorts of different reasons. And the sad thing, it is so much fun when it's right when you get it right. <laughs> That's the thing. Absolutely. People keep asking me, so you don't miss booze anymore? I'm like, are you fucking? kidding me yeah. i miss booze all the time and yeah. it's just that i don't miss the shit feeling the next day and the yeah. weeks after that's yeah. all i and that's where i like because like i'm going to come up to two years and and the annoying thing you I, sober as well 
Yeah, it's. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, so I'm coming up. It's come September. Why he talks like that? We, <laughs> we always thought it was the booze. Turns out it just didn't go. <laughs> yeah, drunk the, now. The, yeah, <laughs> but like come September, like it'll be two years. And the last time I blacked out was the day after I quit. Like I blacked right, out a wedding right. and I had an absolute dick out of myself. And I thought, no, see, but that's the difference with me. And this is the problem. There's never been this moment. Mm. There's never been a morning where someone goes, "Oh, you did this and you did that." It'll yeah. be something like Dill going, do you even remember having a chat to me? Yeah. That's all I was doing. And you were being yeah. extremely charming. I was just having a chat. Yeah. But, That's but, all. But in my case, I recorded the conversation I had with a couple of people for no for no reason what? whatsoever. Yeah. Were you doing your own podcast? No, no, it was just weird. It's just for some apparent reason, there was just like the cameras on and I recorded and I overheard a particular conversation uh, with a, the, father, the father of the bride. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, who is that guy? How many times has he come out? Like it was that, that confronting moment. But what I've noticed is I would like to go back and have a completely different relationship with alcohol. I'd like to drink with my partner. That's something that we've never, it's always been a separate thing. I'd like to be able to share, you know, like a glass of rosé. But the issue I have is I just noticed that when I stopped, I'm now more present with my partner and my family. And I just want to know if I can get to that level. Like, do you, because you have those moments on those cloudy days, do you still feel like you're present with your family? No, definitely not. Yeah. No, no, definitely not. I think, no, um, there's definitely moments where I can have a drink and be present with my family, but that is usually when we're at a social function yeah. that's a lot of families or um, we're away on a holiday and I'm still having fun with them. I've got a can of beer in my hand and yep. we're, we, you know, we're standing down on the beach or um, we're, we're playing one of my favourite games, Kub, which I think is from your part of the world. Yeah, the uh, Viking Lots chess. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, it's, yeah. you just throw bits of timber at other bits of timber. That's and great. Beer right. and, it's fucking awesome. and then you've got a friend who makes it their own. It's not as good. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> Right, but it, so there's definitely moments where I can drink and be present, but there's certainly a lot of moments where I, you know, I get on the cans uh, at midday, yeah, um, because I'm life is just boring me, uh, and I'm like, <laughs> I'll just get on the cans, and then yeah. I, you know, I'll, I'll walk into school with a can in the pram cup holder, brilliant, <laughs> which is great, and, and then get home, and I'm, I'm. Uh, like I'm not drunk, but I'm I'm still inebriated. I, I, I'm just enough to get everything done. I can cook yeah. dinner. I can get them to bed. Uh, them. I, I can even read them a story when we go to bed. But I I'm I'm on autopilot. Right. I'm yeah. just getting the and it's the same thing. Like I'm not doing. You're anything. ticking off the boxes, but not connected. Totally. Yeah. Whereas right. in the moments where I have no alcohol in my system and I'm um, I'm I'm having a really light joint, oh, I'm so present. Yeah. I am so focused on my kids. And it's fun. Nothing they do shits me. Um, I'm gentle. I'm patient. Uh, I, the, the slowness of a child uh, doesn't bother me. It's You're just, intrigued. I'm intrigued by everything. It's one, like, again, and that's not me stoned out of my eyeballs. No, I'm no, no. I know exact my feeling. Eyeballs with my kids. Because I'd love to do that. Because I'm also it- never drunk off my head with my kids. Um, but but it's it's a it's a drug that really clouds you. Yeah. Alcohol. How, how does the, all that uh, the drinking and the weed affect your eating? Like, do you like? Because for me, when I think of my boozing days, one of the highlights was the after grog. You know, the massive right. feed that you go for afterwards. Well, alcohol. Do you have controls around that? So yeah, alcohol. I can almost not eat at all. Right. I can just I can just drink. Yeah. And that and then it's and geez, that's a big problem. Um, whereas uh, cannabis, it gives me a really healthy um, appetite. Yeah. Because um, I'm not an idiot anymore. When, when I changed my diet um, to lose the weight originally, I've what I what I wanted to do was not go on a diet. 
I wanted to change the way that I consume food. Ooh, yeah. Okay, and we have to talk about and, that at some point. And keep that as a this is a life change mm-hmm. decision. And to, to the best part, it is. Um, and so when I get the munchies uh, on cannabis, when my appetite is increased, I'll make a good meal. Like I'll eat good yeah. food. And it, again, it's you healthier cook? for me. Yeah, I love cooking. Yeah, right. What do, you, what do you cook on the munchies? Oh, whatever's in the fridge, you know. It, yeah. I, I might just put together a, a veggie stir fry because I'm hungry. Yeah. My, my number one food um, is broccoli. I probably eat broccoli with n- 90% of every meal. Right. I have. Even if it doesn't suit the meal, I'll make sure I'll steam some broccoli. To have uh, broccoli. Especially with kids, it's the go-to one. It's just the best. It's food. great. Right. Holds it's a little branch. Fiber, um, you can make it fun. Builds your serotonin levels. Um, yeah. Yeah, t- t- just... Tell us about the, the, the diet change, because that happened since I've known you. Because you, so, you got to a point where you are quite big. How I, big did you get I, to? I, the last... You got Ben Lomas big. I got Ben Lomas big. I did. I had the, um, at the last weigh-in that I ever did, uh, mm. and I may have added another couple of kilos on the top of that, but I was 117. Mm. Okay. Um, but and you're that, a six foot. But I'm six foot four. Yeah. So um, the, I was carrying it all right. Mm. Um, I didn't, in, in no way did I look obese. Uh, no, but right. I, because- but I looked, I looked bloated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was post-divorce. Uh, it was post-marriage breakdown and – you know, I you had was, an open mic every night. I was, well, my nickname at that time, I don't even remember, was the inspector. Yeah, still because Saunders I was at, again. Yeah, 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 I was the inspector because I was at every gig that existed because <laughs> I was fucking sad and lonely yeah. and just didn't. And that was while I was still technically in the marriage, but we were in, in separate rooms and, and living very separate lives. And so I was, uh, you know, I'm just drinking the pain away. It was exactly mm. what I was doing. And so then I went... And I and I couldn't play with my kid. It's like that ad. Oh. It was about weight loss, and there's a father said I realised I was sitting on um, the steps throwing a ball to my child. Yeah, it's so brutal. <laughs> right, and I, I remember that ad, and like I'm doing that. Yeah. I'm doing that. I'm not engaging with my kid. And I went, okay, well, I need to get, um, uh, I need to drop weight because in, a- for me, and I'm not saying this is for everyone. But for me, yeah. the weight was a health problem because right. I, I was getting lethargic and I couldn't move as much and. So I was like, how do I drop weight but keep drinking? <laughs> <laughs> on that lethargy, uh, I remember a taking a photo. I was on the tram and I saw you walking with a very young Leonard. Uh, uh, and it was I took a photo and sent it to you and creeped you out. But it was just you. I think you had a dart in your mouth and you're dragging. Oh, not because I've never smoked no? in front of Okay, me. maybe. No. Either way, just a face. Yeah. And you were just dragging a tricycle behind <laughs> and your son's like a few steps ahead. I'm like, oh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> this is kind That's of a rare moment that he's a few steps ahead. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, tricycle, the tricycle thing is the early stage because we've got. To, yeah. well, I'm trying to teach Minky how to ride a bike. She's like, I want to ride my bike to the park. Yeah. I was like, fucking yeah, I'm supportive of this. Let's get your balance on, even though you're a little bit unco, but I'm here to support you. Mm. And then you go all the way there, halfway there. I don't want to. I don't, I, want, I don't want to do it. Yeah. So just carrying it. I reckon that's the reason why I got tennis elbow for fucking carrying that bike. <laughs> yeah, I've always said father is a Latin word for pack horse. <laughs> fucking carry shit. So anyway, I um, without reading anything, um, I I had a, a brief conversation with Simon Keck, um, who'd just been on, uh, and I think he'd followed it close to the letter. He'd been on the keto diet, mm-hmm. and I had never heard of that. Um, uh, in fact. But honestly, when he said keto, I thought it was some kind of Japanese diet. Yeah. It sounded Japanese. <laughs> yeah. I had no He's idea. He's the first about... person to tell me about keto as well. Yeah, I didn't know about ketosis, like a, but but he just sort of talked me through the basic rules of it. And that was the only bit of information that I'd ever got. Mm. Um, and so essentially what I did was like a paleo kind of keto idea. And the rule that I set myself, and this is what I still I still attempt to stick to this, I'm just not as militant anymore. If it isn't a meat, 
and isn't a vegetable, I don't eat it. Okay. And it's a pretty simple. So it's staying away from processed foods, really. If it's in a packet, it's got sugar in it. So, so bread? So no bread. Rice? And that's um, permanent? So, but when I was militant. Mil- when you're militant, yeah. Let's so say. no bread, no pasta, no rice, no potato, mm. um, no no root vegetables, um, yep. no fruit. Uh, it was literally for, I did it for a year. I had, uh, well, actually, uh, to be perfectly honest, I did it very, very strictly for six months. Mm. Um, and it was literally, I had no sources. Um, yeah, I remember uh, having some late night uh, Asian with you and I thought I was following the same diet, but then I would get sauces and you would almost go, no, 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 yeah, you, no that, you've, you killed it yeah. by having like- Because it's even just full a, of sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it literally, it was, it, I just asked the question on whatever I was looking at, is that a meat or is it a vegetable? Uh, then I won't eat it. I like that. I like the idea of just questioning it every time before you eat it. Mm. Yeah. Like it actually, what if, that's man, that's amazing because it sets up the simple rule. Like if you, if it's you just add, easy. It's just easy. Yeah. You don't even have to yeah, think yeah. about it. That, that's it why for me the intermittent fasting uh, in the morning works is that going, okay, is it 16 hours yet? Not yet. Then just don't think about it. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. it's just yeah. simple rules that you just some kind of controls back. Yeah. Instead but, of how much so sugar is in this? I don't know. Is enough calories? I don't know. Is my app working? Do I have Wi-Fi? <laughs> I ate it. Yeah. Did it take a while to show results or did you see immediate results? And no, that it, did take, it did take quite a while. And I wasn't um, – so the exercise has not been a part of well, I was going to get to that, yeah. weight loss or life. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm, I'm trying to get myself back there. So the last time I uh, exercised was at the start of this year – um, and it was during the month off alcohol and my plan was because I knew Taboo was coming up and I wanted to look my best. I was like, well, I'll take a month off the grog and I'll start running again. And I went running four mornings in a row. And when, when's your baby due? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> it was exactly when we made the baby. Uh, oh, so actually that's a new thing. That, that was one of the – I totally forgot. That was one of the main reasons I was off the grog. Hannah had actually said I want us to be um, clean and clear yep. uh, when we're going to make a baby. Yeah, uh, and I was like, "Great! Well, that's that's a, they're all perfect reasons. I can't believe I'd forgotten that. That was one of the main yeah, reasons yeah. we stopped drinking." <laughs> and then I did roots and put a baby up her. Yeah. Um, so uh, I went running four days in a row, and then how got... selfish! You're losing weight. She's putting on weight because, <laughs> <laughs> because of me. Um, uh, and then I got one of the worst uh, bouts of hemorrhoids that I've uh, ever had. Oh, let's talk um, about that. And I uh, From... then my depression was. Because I want to, at some point, oh, fuck, we've got we, so we, much we to go. We're going to start wrap it up as so well annoying. because there is that moment we talk about in your last stand-up hour about how breakfast radio affected your shits. Yeah, I got IBS as a result from of stress, stress. Yeah, right? Yeah. But well, obviously, we might not have time to get to that. But uh, so, was this connected to that? The hemorrhoids? No, no, no. I've no. had hemorrhoids. Well, I, I suppose I don't know. If it's it's um, genetic with me. So my grandfather had it, and but it first it's manifested. Genetic, really? For me, it is. It first manifested when I was nineteen. And did you have um, your mum having to? No, to- I always did it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poke the fucking grapes back up there, oh, get man, some hemorrhoid the cream. Mm. But this, this one and your so- soul. Yeah, but this one was so bad that I had to go to the doctor, and I'm I'm fortunate that I've got a really close little rubber band around it. No, just a little scalpel and cut oh, it out. I'll cut it out. Oh, wow. I got nude way too quick. Like he was. <laughs> Like I, I, he literally goes, oh, well, we'll cut it out. And then I just stood up and took my pants down. He's like, I'm not going to do it like right here. <laughs> and then I awkwardly shuffled over to the bed with my dick out. <laughs> 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 
Anyway, I, um, so exercise wasn't a part of it. It was uh, in the weight loss. It was just uh, pure uh, diet. diet yeah. um, but the one mantra I have from that same moment of changing my diet and going, if it's not meat, if it's not a vegetable, don't eat it. Um, by the way, that's not healthy long term. You have to have other things. You oh, do yeah, have yeah, to have yeah. carbohydrates. You, you do have to have a little amount of fruits and things like that. But the the other mantra I had was always choose the stairs. Ah, it's good man. In every situation, if you see a, a, if you've got a choice between an escalator and stairs, an elevator and stairs, to a certain point, I'm not I'm not doing ten stories, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But you, you know, a tower by the well, 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 carrying a tricycle and a child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But always choose the stairs. So I, I had a gig yesterday uh, at the comedy store that we're filming something in, uh, in Sydney, and it's like. Was it like two? It's two, it's two stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I was up and down probably a dozen times. Right. Um, and, and you don't I even just, notice that you're actually kept, working out there. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you find there was this? This is a different area completely. But in your show, Taboo, you talk to people with uh, disabilities, people in wheelchairs and stuff. There was there a sense that they of, can't always choose the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> but but on that though, isn't it that the thing where you go, fuck, I should really use these things that I have Absolutely. not noticed that is kind yeah. of a privilege at times. And and you know, it actually came into this weird moment I, I missed a flight um in auckland in new zealand and there's this massive big wide set of stairs uh to get you just from one section of departures up to the other and then there's these there's this tiny little escalator and i, I was sitting i was sitting there for six hours because i missed this flight and they'd got me on the next available so i mean and i was just watching people and i started live tweeting the airport stairs and how many people were sitting even people that were rushing would rush and then just stand on an escalator yeah and yeah. the stairs were completely empty Right. It's amazing. Why aren't you just walking up the stairs? And so from then I was like, every every time I can, I'll, I'll use the stairs. I always, yeah, I always had to, when I see old people do it, I was like, I'll, like you know, like I sometimes think, I always think about my grandfather, but when you see old people do it, who still look fit enough, and it's like, oh, why don't you take the stairs? Don't you want to keep active? But I think sometimes old people just stand on the escalator and go, I can't believe this thing exists. My brother exactly. tries to do that. He, with his partner, he sometimes goes, you know what? One day we won't be able to walk up these stairs. We won't be able to walk to that shop even if it's 20 minutes or whatever so let's do it now while yep. we can and try and enjoy the scenery yeah, as we do absolutely. it absolutely uh we need to wrap it up because uh we need to get out of here i Fun, wish we could man. keep yeah. talking longer but so many ibs all right to, to put a pin in not literally that's painful any live shows uh, yeah, so I've got uh, shows happening uh, around Australia. If you can go to uh, harleybreen.com and they're all up there. Yep. Brisbane, Melbourne, uh, Sydney, Hobart, Launceston, Rockhampton, <laughs> um, possibly Adelaide and Perth. We're looking at adding those this year, if not next year. Any, any? Uh, so you're so, somewhat active on social media, but not, not too much. But I do like it though. Harley like... Breen. Uh, yeah, I'm intermittent. His... So anything, harley.breen on Instagram yep. and harleybreen on Facebook. Um, and it's a good one for parents. I do like uh, how you bring oh, yeah, your family yeah. into it. I, Mate, that, it, sorry, yeah. your podcast. Oh, and my podcast uh, with my best mate, Wade Duffin, is called is a parenting podcast called Shitting with the Door. Very good. Mm. Uh, I'm Ben Lomas, a comic on Instagram. And again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for leaving uh, the iTunes review. And if you really like this episode, uh, share it among other parents. Thanks, Ali. And also, uh, ten play, ten play, ten play, uh, Taboo. This, uh, oh, yes, it's still, still up, up there. there at the moment. All so, four episodes. Go and have so it. go make sure, make make it so popular that Harley has to do season two and yeah. then probably will kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.